hour number two of the morning after on a Thursday. Sirius XM channel 204 right here on the grid, bringing you up until noon Eastern time. In hour number two, we are going to get some knowledge from the professor himself. Sports professor Rick Haro joins the show to go over the world of sports in the sports industry. Then we will dive fully into the NFL. Thursday night football. Prop perspective with FanDuel's Tom Vecchio. And then we like those guys from FanDuel. Ryan Williams after Tom to talk not only about Thursday night football, but also give you some winners for the NFL Week 7 slate. Before we do all of that, we are going to dive into the NBA. And I am your host, Ben Stevens, that will be here with you the entire way until noon Eastern time. The NBA is underway. Two nights done in the association and last night madison square garden was alive and well the garden was bumping the mecca the world's most famous arena anything you can say about msg it lived up to that last night in a game between two old rivals in the new york knicks and the boston celtics certainly lived up to that hype as well the knicks cover as a two and a half point favorite because it went to double overtime where new york beat boston 138-134. It was a tremendous game. In regulation, the Knicks had a pretty commanding lead under a minute. Well, Boston answered. Jalen Brown from the logo in the garden makes it a close game. Then Marcus Smart hits the game-tying shot as the buzzer expires. And then we go to overtime. That wasn't good enough. We went to double overtime. So again, the Knicks winning 138-134. The Knicks cover as a two-and-a-half point favorite at home last night. The total of 220 obviously goes way over finishing in double overtime 138 134 the Knicks doing what they did last year in 2020 the best cover percentage in the NBA a season ago covering in 61 percent of their games they were also very good at home in the garden 24 and 15 ATS so far this year a 100 percent cover percentage obviously after winning one game and covering against the number and they are 1-0 ATS at home in the garden julius randall also picking up where he left off in the 2020 season 35 points last night for the knicks nine assists eight rebounds three of eight from three so julius randall continues to show his range and shooting from beyond the arc evan fournier everybody talked about this from a revenge game perspective for kemba walker going up against his former team in the seas the return home to new york city for the bronx native in kemba walker but it was really the revenge game for evan fournier 32 points in his Nick debut, shooting 6 of 13 from three-point land. On the other side, Jalen Brown had a career night, was fantastic for the Celtics. 46 points, 8 of 14 from three, nine rebounds. His counterpart, Jason Tatum, eh, not so good. Only 20 points, but shot just 7 of 30 from the field, 2 of 15 from beyond the arc. And again, the Knicks get the win, 138-134. They cover, the total goes way over. The next team win total entering this 2021-22 campaign was at 41 and a half. One less win to get the over of that total. After night one for the New York Knicks, that team win total 41 and a half. The Knicks right now 46 to 1 to win the Eastern Conference of the FanDuel Sportsbook, the number four seed just a season ago. The Boston Celtics 18 to 1 to win the Eastern Conference when you look at this from a future perspective in the early portion of this NBA season. Out West last night, another primetime game. The Denver Nuggets taking control, looking good in a game against the Phoenix Suns. We welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience here, the second hour of the morning after getting underway. You're listening on Sirius XM, channel 204, the Mightier 1090, out on the West Coast. 
I am Ben Stevens looking at some NBA action on night two of the association. The Denver Nuggets, a big road win over the Phoenix Suns last night, winning 110-98 over the reigning Western Conference champions and the reigning MVP, Nikola Jokic, looking really, really good. 27 points, 13 rebounds. He had a plus-minus in this game against Phoenix of plus 28. That was the best of any player in this game on either side, the Nuggets or the Suns. The Nuggets also were a six-point underdog in this game, five-and-a-half in some places. They not only cover that, they win outright, winning by 12 points over the Suns. The total of 224 fell under on night number one for both Phoenix and Denver. Despite Nikola Jokic having a big night last night, 27 points, 13 rebounds, a double-double against Phoenix, his odds to win the MVP for a second straight year actually got longer after night number two in the NBA. He was 16-1 to in the preseason. He is now 17-1. to Not saying there's value there any more than there was earlier. Just an intriguing note that I saw on the FanDuel Sportsbook this morning. And on the other side for the Phoenix Suns, CP3, probably the best game for Phoenix, 15 points, 10 assists, a double-double for the point god himself, Chris Paul. Four starters for Phoenix in double figures, including DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker, but not enough to get past the Denver Nuggets, who had three starters in double figures, not only Nikola Jokic, but also Will Barton and Michael Porter Jr. The Denver Nuggets were my pick to have the value in the Western Conference at 10-1. to 1. Their team win total, 47.5. The Phoenix Suns team win total, 51 and a half entering this season. The Denver Nuggets, one wing closer. The Phoenix Suns need to make up some ground. I kid, make up some ground. It's been two nights, Stevens. Calm down. Anyway, some great action in the association on this Thursday evening as well. Here's a plug for sportsgrid.com, by the way. If you want to dive, dive into the NBA player props on sportsgrid.com, we give you projections for player props and what looks good based on the numbers we see on the FanDuel Sportsbook. And they are looking pretty good right now. We rank them in categories. Five stars, buy what prop you want to go, assist points, whatever. Go to sportsgrid.com. Great player projections out there for the props. We come back with the sports professor Rick Haro on the other side of the break. Let's learn what's going on in sports business. We'll do that together here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the morning after on SportsGrid, Sirius XM Channel 204, all across the SportsGrid network. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. And now let's gain some knowledge. Let's learn from the sports professor himself. Rick Horro joins the show now on this Thursday morning to discuss everything you need to know from the sports business perspective. Rick, a pleasant Thursday morning to you, and thank you for joining the show. Not really pleasant. I'm still recovering from my Dolphins and my Hurricanes. Football hell, football hell. Luckily, we've got three days before the Hurricanes lose to NC State and the Dolphins lose to Atlanta. Take it to the bank. Rick, if it makes you feel any better, Mark Zinno was on this show in the first hour of the program, and he said Miami might be a live dog at home this weekend against NC State. Does that cheer you up at all on this Thursday? 
Uh, I'll take, yeah, I'll probably take the points. Okay. I'm going as far away as, as I can. I'm, I'm leaving uh, to go to Baltimore. I usually go to all the home games, but it would be like Chinese water torture. I'm certainly not interested oh. in going and watching yet another loss. Well, I wish you a very pleasant weekend in Baltimore, Maryland, <laughs> then. And let's move on yeah. to the sports business perspective of all this. As we know, Rick, earlier this week, online sports wagering became legal in the state of Connecticut, adding another state to the fold. And it has been a very exciting time. What have you made of the early returns for online sports wagering in Connecticut? Uh, revenue off the charts because they have the ability mm -hmm. to understand what it's like to take it in because of the Mo Mohique and the uh, Sun uh, facility and Foxwoods. You know, the casino operators have had a tremendous history, and now we just add stuff to it, unlike other states who have to start from scratch. So after the governor cut the ribbon and everybody got their credit, we're going to see some very significant revenue that's going to go to infrastructure. It's going to go to schools. It's going to go to other things. And they're going to argue about allocation of it and who gets what. But it is more money than today, which is nothing. Now, Florida starts its stuff. I'll be there for their opening. And as you know, Indiana mm -hmm. just reported some record revenues of 127 percent increase year over year. I predict, by the way, that within the next three years, we're going to have over 40 states doing the legal, let's forget the morals, let's take the money dance and get gambling uh, legalized uh, for everybody. And states like Utah who say, look, it's not right, it's not moral. They look to their left, they look to their right, they look at all the revenue from neighboring states, and maybe they'll change their tune. And I think New York might put their foot on the gas pedal looking to their left and right at Connecticut and New yeah. Jersey and seeing right. all of the revenue coming in there. Rick, you mentioned the Hoosier State, Indiana, reporting some record revenue based on some really intensified growth in terms of online mobile sports wagering. What's the latest out of Indiana? Well, again, the advantage is you have infrastructure that's doing it. So Winter Circle Casino, downtown Indianapolis, it's huge. They're reporting basically an 85% increase over years before but on the mobile betting side it's over 220 percent increase and not surprising when you mm. take all of those into account september to september year over year about 127 percent increase as well and what they'll probably do is to try to buy another defensive back or free safety for the colts well, well no they can't do that they can't use gambling revenue for that all right they'll try to figure out they'll figure out something else maybe a big center for the pacers no 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 they can't do that either Rick, don't indict yourself on this show right now. As a legal man yourself, you got to say allegedly to everything that you're saying oh. right now. Make sure you know what allegedly. you're doing. All right? Allegedly. Okay, there you go. I, I know what allegedly. I'm doing. Allegedly. Okay, <laughs> good, good, good. Yes, I know what you're doing allegedly. But still big things yeah. in the state of Indiana. And Rick, you've been around the opening of the National Hockey League this past week. And with all these states now getting into the fold, Connecticut this week, what a great time to open up sports wagering because we have the NBA tonight, the NFL tonight. We have Major League Baseball postseason action tonight. And of course, the NHL. You were there for the couple of opening nights on the ice in the National Hockey League. What did that look like from a new perspective with media partners and also adding in the gaming aspect as well? Incredible for a lot of reasons. So I was at the Tuesday night uh, banner opening with the Lightning and Thursday night the opening with the Panthers. And when you talk to the high-placed executives who were there, you realize three months from that date, the NBC guys were saying their final goodbyes. Uh, and uh, three months later, a complete takeover by ESPN and Turner. 
ESPN with ESPN Plus. And, and by the way, ESPN is wonderful at covering sports they care about and even better at ignoring sports they don't. And now they've got the NHL front and center. We've got Mark Messier as a superhero. We've got the uh, working relationship with Turner and TNT. And it's great. And then you add the apps and the deal with FanDuel. And you also add in Canada, you have the opportunity to bet now individually because of the Canadian Parliament. And then you also have PowerWire, which is this new entity that is now streaming every game with NHL arenas uh, in mind. You have four teams involved now, but there will be a lot more. So if you want to sit there and watch a game live and then stream every other game in your ears, I wouldn't do it, but it's your free choice. And the NHL is doing some wonderful things as they're out of the box. ESPN needs to focus a little bit more on college football, in my opinion, because they cover that sport and they have so many games, but not enough daily programming. One thing ESPN, for a lot of people, is doing very well right now is the Manning cast for Monday Night Football. And after a couple of weeks without that, we've had some renewed uh, viewership with just the regular Monday Night Football telecast. But the Mannings come back this week for week number seven. Rick, what can we expect the rest of this season as it pertains to Monday Night Football and the Manning cast? was getting everybody's business act together. That, that was the delay. There were some uh, issues about contracts, and there were also, let's get this thing uh, going the way we think we should as a top priority SPN pro- program. It, it was a lark. They just said, let's see how it works. And it was beyond anybody's expectations those first couple of weeks. Now mm-hmm. we're going to get the guests. We're going to get Eli and Peyton talking about stuff that may relate directly to the game, too. Uh, the only issue is you, you got to be able to watch the game or Eli and Peyton. You, you, you can't really watch both. But ESPN's done a great job. We'll continue to do it. I look forward to the Manning cast being back in our lives on Monday night. Eli throwing up the double birds. You never know what Peyton's going to say yeah. about the Patriots. Right. It's a whole lot of fun. I look forward to having that back. But I agree. You need both. You need both of those yeah. streams so you can also follow the game a little bit because sometimes in the Manning cast, you're like, what? It's the middle of the third quarter already. What happened here as I was listening to LeBron James break down football? Anyway, that's Rick, we also ratings. had that's some record four break- eyeballs. Four eyeballs, that's true. maybe. Very, Two, very true. Four, very cyclo- very- four cyclopses, four eyeballs. There you go. Uh, Rick, allegedly, <laughs> you're also a very, very smart man. Anyway, as we also talk about record-breaking numbers for the state of New Jersey around here in the area, in September, New Jersey reported their first month in a single month breaking the $1 billion threshold. We are seeing records pop pop up, excuse me, all over the place. We talked about Indiana, Connecticut now in the fold. Is this what we can expect moving forward, Rick? Just record-breaking numbers pretty much on a monthly basis? Yeah, for a couple of reasons. First of all, again, those states that had the uh, infrastructure there can take advantage of the post-pandemic recovery better. And remember, one of the reasons why we have this now is that New Jersey and the governor challenged the rule that said they couldn't do gaming four years ago, two years ago, get the Supreme Court ruling. So they deserve everything they can get. They were the pioneer. But the states with existing gambling, casino operations and all, I know this is mobile, but they're the ones that are going to generate a, mo- a lot more revenue. Other states playing catch-up, but they'll play catch-up very, very quickly and will continue to do so. All right, Rick, I'm putting you on the spot here. Only about 30 seconds left. When does mobile wagering become legalized in New York State? Uh, Dolphins lose by four. Oh, different kind of spot. All right, so <laughs> the, the, the spot on New York State is it'll be legalized incrementally meaning the bills will be signed, uh, Turning Stone and some of the other 
gaming operations today will get the first choices. Then we'll have some licenses that will be generated, uh, again, politically, but they'll do it. And then ultimately, 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 City Field, Yankee Stadium, everywhere else will have it. Now, five years from now, probably so. Because, again, look to your left, look to your right. New York needs the money. That they certainly do. Rick Horo, the sports business professor, joining us here on a Thursday. Rick, as always, allegedly, thank you for your time. NC State beats the Hurricanes by 11. Oh, there's a pick from Rick Horo as well. More Thursday night football picks on the other side of the break. Stay with us on the morning app. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Right back here on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 204. I am Ben Stevens, and now joined by one of our favorites when it comes to the prop world, but really just overall, it is FanDuel's Tom Vecchio helping us go through a Thursday night football game where the prop market might look a little bit bleak because of so many injury concerns on both sides. But Tom, first and foremost, thank you for joining the morning after as always. Thanks for having me. Yeah, tonight's game may not be the most exciting on paper. Case Keenum versus Teddy Bridgewater. A whole bunch of injuries across the board, but I think there are a couple good props you could take a shot on tonight. Yeah, when we look at this game overall, this line has had so much fluctuation and movement even in the last 24 hours since Baker Mayfield was ruled out as the Cleveland Browns starting quarterback tonight. Enter Case Keenum. We have seen this line open up at five and a half in favor of the Browns. It's now down to just two currently on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The over has dropped by three and a half points from an opener of 44 for the over-under, now down to 40 and a half. Tom, when you see all of this line movement, what is your first thought as you approach a Thursday night football game? My first thought for those line movements is that it's probably going to be an ugly game. There's probably be, you know, a lot of people tweeting about how this is a, an unexciting product, but ultimately it's still football. It still should be good. Uh, probably siding with the under. Uh, you know, I would love to see the overhit because unfortunately I have to start Case Kingdom in one of my fantasy leagues this uh, <laughs> this week. Uh, so if the overhits, that's great. Um, that's not what I'm truly expecting though. Case Keenum's passing yards prop, 219 and a half. If that goes over, that might be a good start for your fantasy team. But as you look at this game, Tom, for Thursday night football, from a prop perspective, what is your, one of your favorite targets for the night? So that would be Noah Fant, the under 41 and a half receiving yards, thing of minus 113. I know he's a solid player for the Broncos, but I'm, you know, after Baker Mayfield got ruled out yesterday, I'm trying to, you know, project and, and try and visualize like what's going to happen in this game because Case Keenum's on the other side. Like Denver goes down and let's say they score, you know, a rushing touchdown or whatever. It's not out of like the realm of possibility that Case Keenum, you know, throws a pick six and then maybe Denver adds a field goal and then Denver's going to be in a spot where they don't need to pass the ball. And it's going to be plenty of running between, uh, you know, Melvin Gordon, 
uh, and Javante Williams in the backfield. So they might not be in a spot to pass the ball. And that means the under on the receiving props is probably looking good, combined with the fact that Cleveland has actually allowed the fourth fewest receiving yards to tight ends this year at only 183 through six games. So it's really not a good spot for him anyway. And if you just like add in the game script on top of it, I don't think it's that good. So I think my like hot take long shot of the night is a Denver defense anytime touchdown sitting at plus 490. Mm. I like that as well. I think there could be some value there. And anytime anybody brings up Noah Fant on any program that I'm on, I have to also mention that Noah Fant, an Omaha native, played his high school football at Omaha South. I know that because I used to live in Omaha, Nebraska as well. Then went on to do great things for the Iowa Hawkeyes. There we go. Everything. Check all the boxes. Omaha and Big Ten Ben on this show the morning after looking ahead to Thursday night football. So, Tom, when you see so many injuries on the Cleveland Browns side, no Baker Mayfield, we're not exactly sure the status of Nick Chubb and how healthy and effective he might be. No Kareem Hunt. What does it look like in the wide receiver room for the Cleveland Browns? I list all those off. Do you think there's any value in the Browns props or is your focus solely on the Denver Broncos? I mean, if Denver gets out ahead, that's where the Browns would be in a spot where they're in a positive passing game script. You know, if Jarvis Landry is activated from IR today, which is a possibility, it's yet to be confirmed. Uh, you know, his the over on his prop looks good. You know, we, he generally has a lower A dot than uh, Odell Beckham, average depth of target that is. So if Case Keenum's out there, they may not be pushing the ball super deep downfield. Like Jarvis Landry over on the receptions, Jarvis Landry over on the receiving yards could be in play. Of course, this is all waiting on him. If he's going to be activated from IR, maybe you take a shot with Austin Hooper, but overall I'm not super confident in like any of the overs. Maybe the over I would take would be Javante Williams' rushing props at 48 and a half. Last week was at 53 and a half. He ended with 53 yards. I had the over, so lost it by the hook. Obviously not happy about that. And of course, I let the over tonight when I don't bet it. Yeah, when I look at this game, Tom, I think it's very difficult to even look to the ground game for the Cleveland Browns if you're worried about Case Keenum because of the injuries. And also, Denver just has a really, really good defense. So it is a confusing game on Thursday night. There is also three great NBA games tonight. If you don't want to go to the prop market for TNF, we could look to the prop market for the association. Is there a prop in the NBA tonight, Tom, that catches your eye? That would be Kristaps Porzingis over 18 and a half points sitting at plus 100. I know last year he played a, a bit of a secondary role to Luca, and a lot of people viewed it as like a, a 1A and 1B situation in Dallas, but it's really Luca up at the top and then Porzingis. But we have to factor in the coaching change with Jason Kidd there now. A lot of articles in this uh, preseason coming out saying that Porzingis is not going to be playing the same role he did last year. And that was a bit of a floor stretcher under, under Rick Carlisle. He's actually going to be starting now at power forward compared to where he was starting at center last year. Dwight Powell should be at starting at center. And this opens up more space and more shooting opportunities for Porzingis, who Jason Kidd has said he's given him the green light to step out, take some more pull-up jumpers, take some more threes. So if we're buying into the coach speak, which I know can be a difficult thing for people, this is a spot where I want to buy in on Porzingis at, eight, at 18 and a half before it jumps up to like 21 or 22 or 23, which is where it like ultimately should be because that's where he averaged last season. So I want to buy in now banking on the Jason Kidd coach speak. Yeah, Tom, early on in this NBA season, I think you bring up a good point there, maybe buying in on coach speak or at least listening to some of the storylines out of training camp entering the season. What's your handicapping looking like for the early portion of the NBA when it comes to props? 
I think that some of the points, rebounds, and assists combined prop are a little bit low. Lamella Balls last night, I believe, was at 31 and a half, and he put up 37 points alone. Uh, some of the secondary players, like Rashawn Holmes for the Kings, his points, rebound, assist prop was sitting at 21 and a half last night. Uh, after we got the news that Marvin Bagley is just like out of the rotation for the Kings, he's like simply just not going to be playing for them. I went over on the Rashawn Holmes prop. He, he hit that before the fourth quarter even started. So I think like some of the secondary players, they're, the markets are a little bit too low. So if you like find out this information, like, oh, this player is just not even going to be playing anymore. The overs on those players are really, really easy to get to. Tom, as you start your prop handicapping, do you look back to last year? Or do you look to any projections you have for this year? What's the foundation of your prop handicapping for the NBA to start? It's a combination of both, but we also have to account for if teams have like dramatic changes with their lineup. Like the Bucks, their starting lineup's like essentially the same. Like okay, Dante DiVincenzo's not there and they still have Grayson Allen, but their lineup's basically the same. You know, for the Miami Heat tonight, obviously the addition of Kyle Lowry is something we have to account for, but he generally should play somewhat of the same role that Gordon Dragic played last year. So it's not gonna be like dramatically different. We still should see Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. Uh, you know, leading the offense with Lowry playing like an assisting role. So it has to be a combination of did the team change? What did they do last year? And then the current projections for what I'm seeing from them in their given matchup. FanDuel's Tom Vecchio does it all. We have talked Thursday night football and a couple of props to target on the gridiron. We have talked a couple of props and what to look out for on the NBA hardwood. Now to the ice in the NHL. Another prop for you on this Thursday evening. Tom, what are we doing in the NHL this evening? Alex Ovechkin, anytime goal scorer. That's sitting at minus 106 on the FanDuel Sportsbook. They're going up against New Jersey Devils, who, you know, are a team that a lot of people are expecting to take a step forward this year. It's not going to be a big step forward. Ultimately, they're still not a good team. But we're getting Ovechkin with, like, very, very little juice. The best goal scorer in the league on his way to being the best goal scorer of all time. He played them six times last year. He, or he, had, he had six goals in eight games last year, so eight times he played the Devils. Mm. And we look at the Devils to start this season. They have 13 penalties in two games. That is terrible. Alex Ovechkin, giving him extra opportunities on the power play when he's sitting out on the wing with that one-timer is not going to end well for the Devils. So Alex Ovechkin at only minus 106 anytime goal scorer, that's something that I want tonight. Get you a man that can do all three, the NBA, the NFL, and NHL on the sports equinox night when all four major professional leagues in the United States are playing. We have the NFL for Thursday night football, Browns and the Broncos, NBA action on this Thursday, NHL action, Major League Baseball postseason action. The home run prop king doesn't have one for us out tonight in Los Angeles. Uh, no, no home run props tonight. I will say, uh, you know, siding with, with some of the unders on the strikeout props has been uh, pretty profitable uh, for me. Grinky under, his was sitting at under two and a half. I took that. Under on Urquidy. You know, it's tough betting against, you know, quality pitchers like Walker Bueller or Max Scherzer, but uh, it, it's really tough to take the over knowing that like these pitchers are getting pulled so so early they're not going deep in a game so the home run props are really hit or miss for me uh, as I said you know before the postseason start that's like not a spot that I'm looking so the unders on strikeout props it's actually where I've been looking more and more as the postseason has gone on yeah I respect that Tom you did tell me the home run props before entering the postseason would probably not be 
where you want it to go. Only about 45 seconds left here. Are there any players you are targeting in the prop perspective for the NFL this Sunday, either DFS or props? So that would be uh, the over on the receiving yards for Ty- uh, Tyreek Hill. Once that officially gets posted, he's dealing with a quad injury. And then hopefully over Patrick Mahomes, two and a half touchdowns. Uh, the over in that game as well. I will be at that game for Chiefs-Titans, so I'm just expecting a ton of points. I want there to be a ton of points. I want it to be exciting. So I'm loading up on that game in DFS and betting. I just want to see a ton of points scored. Huge game in the AFC, and Tom Vecchio's there. That's what he does. Chiefs and the Titans this upcoming Sunday. Tom Vecchio from FanDuel breaking it down with the best of them. Props in the NBA, NFL, and NHL. Tom, as always, thank you for your time. Thanks for having me. And we go FanDuel back-to-back. Tom Vecchio and then FanDuel's Ryan Williams joining us on the other side of the break. Looking forward to Week 7 in the NFL. That's next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Thursday right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM Channel 204. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. It is a Thursday night. It is the Sports Equinox once again. All four major professional United States sports in action tonight. The NBA and the NHL, the early season just getting underway. Major League Baseball postseason action. But do not forget about football. NFL games on this Thursday night. The Cleveland Browns and the Denver Broncos. Cleveland. Laying two at home, the line has moved in a tremendous way. The over-under total opened at 44. It is now 40 and a half. What's for all the movement? All of the injuries for the Browns. In the backfield, Baker Mayfield will not be the starting quarterback tonight. That is Case Keenum. We are not sure about Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt will not play for the next couple of weeks for Cleveland. Who's going to catch the footballs? Who's throwing it from Case Keenum? And is it going to be Jarvis Landry? Is it going to be Odell Beckham Jr.? We're not entirely sure. Helping us cipher through all of this mess for Thursday Night Football is FanDuel's Ryan Williams. He joins the show right now to talk TNF and also some early leans for NFL Week 7 Sunday slate, giving you some winners in the early edges entering this weekend. Ryan, thank you for joining the show on a very important Thursday where we need your insight and expertise. Oh, always good to be here, Ben. Happy to be here. Happy to get after it. And yeah, we can't forget about football with all these sports planned right now. Football's the forgotten son, it seems like, on Thursday Night Football. But there's still some goodness to be had in this ugly matchup. There is still a lot of goodness to be had. And maybe you look to the prop market for the Denver Broncos. That is where Ryan is looking to start things off because we know who the starting quarterback will be for Denver. We know who will be for Cleveland as well. But maybe more of a certainty with Teddy Bridgewater. Where are you trying to target Teddy Bridgewater's props tonight, Ryan, when it comes to the market for Thursday night football? Yeah, well, you're looking at Teddy Bridgewater right now, who's absolutely been on on a tear. Like, ironically, this is a guy who we think of protecting the football, not really being a gunslinger, but they've been in some games where they've been forced to throw. And you're talking about a Cleveland defense that I think is prideful in stopping the run. You're looking at his passing touchdown prop 
of uh, over one and a half to be plus money. And I love that considering he's done that in four out of his five starts already this year with multiple touchdown scores. So I think that on the road here, they're going to lean on Teddy Bridgewater, throw the ball up. And, you know, hopefully you have the Cleveland side being able to put up points on the scoreboard to force him to throw as well. And Ryan, an update, already more movement when it comes to this line. It is now down to just one in favor of the Cleveland Browns tonight for Thursday night football. One final oh point goodness. on Teddy, by the way, I think you bring up a great point on Teddy, not only the plus money to the over of those passing touchdowns prop, his passing yards prop on Finnegan right now is just 229 and a hook. Teddy Bridgewater, in every game he has been healthy this year, he was knocked out of the Baltimore Ravens game with a concussion. But every other game, he has played the full game. He has gone over this number of 229 and a half. He is averaging 263.3 passing yards per game. There could be value there as well. Teddy Bridgewater's favorite receiving target this year has been Cortland Sutton. And this was where Ryan and I are in like mind because you look at Cortland Sutton's total receptions prop tonight of five and a half. And we are taking the over. Why are we targeting Cortland Sutton tonight, Ryan? He's been absolutely on a tear as well. Talking about the past two games with him coming back healthy. He's seen 25 targets over those past two games. A touchdown in each of those two games as well, too. But you love that his uh, receiving, uh, when you're looking at five and a half for his receiving props, he's definitely hitting this line more often than not to start this season. I mean, he is pretty much the alpha in this offense. Him and Teddy have a good rapport. And I could see him definitely getting getting over on this on this uh, Cleveland secondary that just won't be able to stop Cortland Sutton um, across the middle. So I, I love getting Cortland Sutton props here. And we need a we need a we need to I need to get back on the, the Chris Godwin call last week. So receiver Cortland Sutton, help me out here over five and a half. We're going to target this all every time when it's plus money. And I think, as you just mentioned, with that over being plus money at plus 126, it is too juicy to pass up. Cortland Sutton has 53 targets this year from either Denver Bronco quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke. That is 11 more than the next closest Denver receiver. He is their guy. He is their leading receiver. Total receptions only five and a half plus money to the over. Yes, please. That might be a little tease here. My best bet during bye, bye, bye later in the show. We are also focusing, Ryan, on another Denver Broncos wide receiver for an anytime touchdown prop, not Cortland Sutton, but who for the Broncos offense? Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be this guy Tim Patrick for the for the Denver Broncos. And Tim Patrick, I always joke about this guy just he he finds his way into Pater all the time. And it, it doesn't feel that way because he only has three touchdowns on the season. But when you're talking about just what he's been doing over his career, this guy has been a stud when it comes to touchdowns. He had led this team in touchdowns a couple years back and he, he seems to be getting into a groove. You're looking at him with the longest odds of any Denver Broncos uh, pass catcher of the main, the main pass catchers there to score a touchdown at plus 280. So I love getting some action on him. If they're, if they're thinking that they have to stop Cortland Sutton and they have to stop Noah Fant, Tim Patrick could be the other guy who's forgotten about left wide open, and I could see him getting in the end zone tonight. Ryan, quickly on Thursday Night Football, before we get to some of your other plays for NFL Week 7, when you see this much line movement, obviously dictated by the injury news we have seen out of the Browns roster this week, what do you do? What are you thinking as you see all this line movement entering Thursday night on a short week? Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be an interesting one because Case Keenum, he's kind of had some success right, right in, in the past. And so I could see a lot of people, you know, you see the plus line on Denver. I've, I've already seen it on Twitter. 
if Denver loses this game, they gotta they gotta look at look in the mirror, look at themselves. And this is one where it's it's at home in Cleveland. Like this crowd's gonna be rocking, so it's a line that I would stay away from. But if it does become a pick'em or plus side on Cleveland, I am interested in that just because they are at home and they haven't had a chance to to game script on Cleveland. It's a short week for these teams, so. Um, I really don't have a lean on either side because it's always hard when you got the quarterback coming off the bench. But Cleveland, if they become plus, I would be intrigued by that. Um, I've talked about on the show on the morning after having the under on wins with Denver Broncos. So it pains me to root against Teddy, but I guess I'll be doing that tonight. Yeah, and we've seen so much line movement on that. The Broncos now even on the money line in a minus price. Still the underdog at minus 102. The Browns minus 116 on the money line. But let us not forget, although Case Keenum has only thrown three passes this year for the Cleveland Browns, he was a starter for these Denver Broncos just a couple of seasons ago in 2018, a starter for Washington in 2019. It's not like he doesn't know how to play quarterback from a starting perspective in the NFL. I think the public is quick to rush in on the Denver Broncos, but maybe you could look to the Cleveland Browns this evening. So, Ryan, as we move forward throughout NFL week number seven, it starts tonight, of course, on Thursday. But as you look to the Sunday slate, one of the best games, the Titans and the Chiefs, a really big barometer in the AFC, I would say. The Chiefs laying four and a half on the road in Nashville. How do you approach that game between Kansas City and Tennessee? Anytime the Chiefs are not favored by a touchdown, I'm always interested, Ben. And this is a team that people have been really down on. They've had kind of a tough schedule, I guess, if you want to say that um, to a certain extent. Patrick Mahomes, this guy's thrown multiple interceptions in, in games for the first time in his career. I think four straight games he's had uh, two or more turnovers. Uh, but this is a get-right spot for them against this Tennessee defense who's absolutely been giving up points in bunches. I had talked about um, with the FanDuel channel just how much they've been giving up to the quarterback position, um, yardage, and touchdowns. We just saw Josh Allen light them up for 350-3. and three. So uh, you're looking at this four-and-a-half line. I just feel like it's incorrect. I also see that Mike Vrabel, um, he is 7-3 and three, um, against the spread when – the teams that are when the teams at a rest disadvantage which they're coming off a short week they're playing on monday night football so that's very intriguing but i'm still going on the kansas city side give me patrick Mahomes four and a half on the road uh in a must-win game right they they really need to win this game the division in the afc west is very stout you got tennessee who's creeping up there um right behind their tails so they can't afford a loss here yeah, I think after the game, this outcome will dictate a lot of the narratives coming out of the AFC. If the Chiefs go on the road, they get a victory, even covering that spread. I think people will say, okay, Kansas City is back. They are right back to the top of the AFC as we expected them. If Tennessee is able to pull off a home upset victory, it might be like, all right, the Titans are really for real. Taking down the Bills and the Chiefs in consecutive weeks would be quite a compliment for those Tennessee Titans. A team that has also been intriguing in the AFC this year the Cincinnati Bengals. They are getting six and a half points on the road against an AFC North foe in the Baltimore Ravens. Are you taking the points? Or are you laying them with the home team in the Baltimore Ravens this weekend? We're, we're going to take the points here, Ben. We're going to take the points. This is one I kind of went back and forth on um, a, a while just going into the week in the early lines. But when you're looking at this, you know, six and a half, this is one of those magic numbers there, what you get with the hook. And this is a divisional game. And this is a game that could mean a lot, <clears throat> excuse me, that could mean a lot to the division when you're talking about the Bengals being right there uh, with only two losses behind the Ravens with one. And, you know, you got Joe Burrow there, Joey B, who this kid is 
he's coming into his own and he's he's got the weapons now joe mixon's healthy now and we saw this baltimore defense they have been able to give up points i know that people will look at that chargers game and say that oh man baltimore's back they're stout the defense they just held herbert and his and his crew uh it's only six points but i, I think that's an anomaly more often than not and uh we've seen this defense been attacked before and if joey has to throw a lot i like their chances to keep this game close so, so i'll take the six and a half there the two best teams in the AFC North right now, the Bengals 4-2 straight up, the Ravens 5-1 straight up, the Baltimore Ravens have won five straight games. That should be a great game in the early window for this NFL Sunday. The Green Bay Packers at home in Lambeau hosting the Washington football team. The Packers laying 7.5 points. Past that key number of 7, Ryan, but is the spread too much to move you away from back in the Green Bay Packers this weekend? Yeah, targeting the Washington football team, Ben, has just been absolutely incredible when you're looking at against the spread. This team is 1-5 against the spread on the year and 0-3 against the spread as an underdog. And so you're looking at this mm. line you're looking at this line movement here, Ben, too, and you're saying, okay, so opened at nine and a half, I believe, in favor of the Packers and has been getting bet down, which now it sits at seven and a half. And what has Washington proved to us to show that they could stay in this game on the road in Lambeau? I think that Aaron Rodgers, again, you're talking about a guy who's coming into his own. Uh, people are going to forget about this game that they had against the New Orleans Saints, the way that he's been throwing the rock. Uh, slinging it around here. And so you you definitely love the matchup for them for Aaron Rodgers with this defense. Giving up a ton of points to quarterback, a ton of points to wide receiver. Devontae Adams should have an incredible game. Um, I, I just look at this line and see that it's it's just not priced right right now. And at seven and a half, I'll take that. I'll take those points for Green Bay side. Ryan, your final early lean of this NFL Sunday is the Miami Dolphins at home plus two and a half against the Atlanta Falcons. I'm not going to ask you for your reasoning. I just want to check in and make sure you're <laughs> doing okay, bud, because you're betting on this game. What's what's happening? Everything okay? Yeah, so uh, there's a lot of traction against this game, right? We're talking about Tua. He could possibly be moving. Is Miami bringing in Deshaun Watson? These rumors, and they've been going on since the offseason. So I feel like, you know, from that standpoint, I think that, you know, Miami maybe come out, have a lot of pride to play for. Atlanta just being favored in this matchup, like they're coming off the bye. I think that, you know, that London game, people, that's two weeks ago. People are still clinging to that. I know you didn't ask me for my reasoning, Ben, but that's my reasoning. <laughs> and also you're looking at the, the Miami side on defense. They're getting both of their corners possibly back in Xavier Howard and Byron Jones, who are practicing this week on a Wednesday, which you love to see that for their chances for Sunday. So give me the plus points there for Miami. Atlanta can't, it can't Listen, cover here. <laughs> Ryan Williams will give you every NFL bet you need. I like it. I like the reasoning. Now I'm back in. Dolphins plus two and a half. Ryan Williams from FanDuel, as always. Thank you for joining the show. Thank you for your expect expertise heading into this NFL Sunday. More of the morning after next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Closing out our second hour together here on the morning after on SportsGrid, Sirius XM, Channel 204. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. It is Thursday night football tonight 
out in Cleveland, Ohio. The Browns hosting the Broncos. So many injuries for the Cleveland Browns has led to so much line movement on these numbers tonight for Thursday night. The Broncos now just a one-point road underdog. The Browns favored by one at home. The over-under total down from 44 to just 40 and a half. But we are going to buy or sell if the Cleveland Browns are a playoff team. Let's do that. Buy or sell. So not only tonight, but there are definitely some injury issues that might last a little bit of this season for Cleveland. And Cleveland still has the fourth shortest odds to win the AFC Championship right now at plus 850. They are still minus 260 to make the AFC postseason right now in the make playoff odds on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Are we buying or selling that the Cleveland Browns should be such a staunch favorite currently to make the AFC playoff picture? I'm going to sell it, and here's why. I still think the Browns could probably earn one of those AFC wildcard spots, but this is not just an injury for tonight. They shake it off in their back. Baker Mayfield, their starting quarterback, who is not playing tonight, it's going to be Case Keenum, has a completely torn left labrum. He is hoping just to avoid surgery. That is going to be something that stays with him all season long, and he will have to get surgery in the offseason. Kareem Hunt is now out for a couple of weeks. Nick Chubb is not healthy. Might he play tonight? And how effective might he be moving forward? The wide receiver room has its own injury issues as well. And then can you rely on that Cleveland defense? That is very good. But if the offense has so many injury concerns, is Cleveland a minus 260 favorite right now to make the postseason? I'm not so entirely sure. They could be an AFC wildcard team very easily, but the AFC North is also going to be a competitive division. The Baltimore Ravens, the favorites to win that division, look great. The Cincinnati Bengals are 4-2. The Pittsburgh Steelers have started to find something as well. So I'm selling the Browns being such a heavy favorite at minus 260 to make the playoffs as it stands. Hour number two has come to a close. Hour number three, happy hour on the other side is just about to begin. Mike Carver joins the show. Stay with us here on The Grid.